town can't win. He got checked, the champ. It's going to get desperate. But a champion becomes a legend. From, from, from the card leave in the pool. Gay Tullis months ago. Here he comes. Boom, right over the top. But out the bush, it is 15, lands clear. She'll have to pogo stick over the field to win from there. Strike me, Pinky, thread at the eye of the needle. Can he stay up? He's stayed all closing time. This could be set up for something special. Cassidy has the pull to win. Desert Crown that comes sweeping through to take it up. Oh, and it's all over, surely. Desert Crown has kicked right away. He's sprinted away from them. Huyamau in second, then changing of the guard. Stone Age, West Wind blows, and West over. And it's Desert Crown by five, six lengths to Huyamau and racing up towards the line. A sixth derby for Sir Michael Stout. Desert Crown wins in sensational style. An easy winner. Welcome to the Racing and Sports in the Office Review podcast. That was the concluding stages of the derby over the weekend. No surprise, it spits out the highest rated horse of the weekend, Desert Crown Blanks. Pretty impressive. Yeah, that was um, hugely impressive, wasn't it? And just imagine how good he would be. No one brought this up after the race. How good would he be if they got him away from Stout and gave him to the niche? <laughs> <laughs> Probably doesn't look a deep piece of form with the the other two in the picture there. The only two that finished within shot of him being long odds chances and probably not looking up to much, but he was a spectacular winner. And so it won't rate it won't rate like a golden horn or, or even a Camelot or an Australia. It'll rate a little bit below those, but it's um it's a it's right in the th- middle of the th- the action there and, and he's done it at his third start and in that sort of style. So um that's a that's a top notch horse if I've ever seen one. So he's a um, I think he rockets to the top of arc markets and and fair enough. Although then last night we haven't I haven't rated it yet or, or had anything to do with the the result. But um, I watched it and mm. um, Vardeni it went all right in the Aga Khan's colours there. Sumion blowing kisses from the three hundred meter mark. He, um, <laughs> he uh he quickened like a Mustang there last night. So two big three year old performances in Europe for the the weekend. So um. I'd be surprised if he outrates the the English Derby winner, but I doubt there's much in it. And the French Derby has, in recent years, um, thrown up a swag of really good winners. So um, that has really set the European season alight. Of the three, this is just vibes. Who's the third? Well, this is I'm throwing in the oh. Japanese Derby winner to Juice. Oh, okay. All very similarly rated. <coughs> who um, who do you want to own to run in the arc? Yeah. That's what everyone wants, isn't it? Yeah. And Desert Crown will um, be going to it. So we'll get a clash of derby winners there, and I want the English derby winner. No surprises there. (laughs) The biggest flop of the weekend came up in the Queensland Oaks, Glint of Hope. He was rated 107, winning the SA Oaks. 21-pound drop-off on Saturday. She was beaten close to 20 lengths. Easy to tie in the form. She beat Barbara to the start prior, who obviously finished second behind Gypsy on Saturday. Certainly no debate this week with the flopperoo. No, it feels a little... I mean, I've bagged the Eagle Farm track a little bit last week for having demons and having flops everywhere, but it was harder to find them this mm. week, so I've gone off too early there. Track's fine. Um, but she wins it. It feels a little bit harsh, doesn't it, because she was double figures, but you're right. Strict form terms. You've got to play by the rules. 
She's run way off her form there and Barb Raider's gone and, and sort of shown it off and shown up where she, she should have been, but I doubt she's a match for the winner No. anyway. And you've, um, I know you've got a theory on this as well with the Basutan stable in general, which is a bit like my old, I don't have it so much anymore, but the, my old Hayes theory fits the Basutan stable for you. Mm. Yeah, off a peak, lay them off the gap. They rarely repeat. And again, this is just vibes, but you pick these up the more you bet. And because we're so heavily focused on ratings and often I'll find if they're at the top of the ratings list for a certain race off a peak, you want to avoid, which was certainly a glint of hope on the weekend. So fits that little narrative well, which is probably not good because now I'm just going to think it's a thing and <laughs> probably need to do a bit more research than that. But yeah, I'd certainly off vibes would be avoiding that stable off peak performances. It's often horses regress off peaks anyway, but I find that yeah. stable is one that certainly one I look to avoid on in those scenarios for sure. I think you might be onto something. Oaks winners, she been the pick of them this season so far? Yeah, I'd say if it's a dry track, she probably wins the one in Sydney as well. I think strict ratings, I've got the, the Sydney and the Brisbane Phillies locked together, but I, I can see that um, Gypsy Goddess looks the one for the future, doesn't she? Mm. Where is Willowy? She came out of nowhere to win the VRC Oaks, really. Like she wasn't, she wasn't on the scene, then all of a sudden she had a week in the sun where she won the Wakeful Oaks double and then disappeared again. She's been a thing for a week, mm. not even, five days. Five days she's been part of the Australian racing scene. Unlike James, not to race them as well. So there's obviously oh, an issue obviously, there. She's had a setback. I doubt he's holding it back. The only thing missing from the Oaks winning performance on the weekend was Darren McCauley calling Pike because that was just a classic. Now Pike releases the brakes because she ambled up to them. It was over a long way out. And while not a decisive margin on the line, I don't think he ever worried. She got the pace she needed. It was it was a strongly run Oaks without being stupid. It was just strongly run and, and that means true piece of form and, and the best fillies can come to the fore and they did. I was really happy to see Barb Raider run as well as she did because she's run basically the same rating. She's been so consistent but it was nice to see her do it when it wasn't her, I don't want to say, I'm going to say taking advantage of a slow pace. She'd been really well positioned to slow paces when she'd run all of those good races so it was nice to see her do it in a different scenario. So she's... um. She's just straight up a, a good feeling, Barbara. Do they make the, I guess, transition to four-year-olds? What do you think? If one behind Gypsy Goddess is relevant to the top table next year, I don't know which one it is. It's it's not obvious, is it? Mm, no. I mean, yeah, I think of the Oaks winners, I think purely because of recency, more recent, more certain, Gypsy Goddess looks the Oaks winner most likely from this year to be relevant next season. Yeah, as I said, if there's one behind her, it's um, it's hardly obvious. You know, maybe, you know, from three to four, hey, some can just go cartwheeling the right way, but none of them have given off any um, obvious signals that it's about to happen. That's for sure. Best Philly one. I think the thing with the Phillies and two-year-olds and majority of the form, not really sure what to take out of it. Like Espiona obviously is a lot better than what she showed, but plagued by wet tracks. Fangirl, mm. obviously. Well, Espiona still... Espiona and Fangirl are still the two, I'm forgetting one, but they're the two best fillies on ratings. Hinged. They're the Hinged three. was a little bit behind them, but yeah. yeah, They're the three and Fangirl was the one, no, Hinged, Hinged won the surround. I was going to say Fangirl was the one to win a group one. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the surround. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, you could say the same thing seriously. The Viner, it's an Oaks lead-up. It shouldn't be a Group 1 either, but... Um, I mean, they treated it as a leader. I, I suspect of all those Phillies fangirl... Well, she is rated the best of them without being a, a great... She'll be the champion filly, not a great one, but she'll measure up to all those Group 1 mares miles because there's not actually a lot else there. She'll be in the Epsom. Yeah, yeah, she'll she'll be in all those sort of races, you'd imagine. And Often we see Waller's best filly... Oaks Philly will come back and be set towards the mile handicaps. But she actually fits the bill of doing it. He's actually going to run a miler in the mile race. Yeah, yeah. She, I'd imagine, top of the markets for the Epsom. And she's got the right profile. They're the profile you look for. The Colin Morikara Award, second week in a row, goes to a jockey down the straight. And Josh Richards got everything out of diamonds in race five. Yeah, he did. And um, probably the best candidate for this award in Queensland was Craig Williams. So he very much on Barb Raider actually gave her a perfect ride, Barb Raider, and, and we got to see the full Barb Raider. And it was about the same Barb Raider we saw at a slow pace, but but it was nice to see it anyway. Craig Williams rode Diamond at Flemington three starts back and was probably a Pendrith contender for his ride that day. Left her with far too much to do. She's had far too much to do in two runs in Adelaide this preparation. She's come to Melbourne, found the right race, the half-price raffle on the card. And, yeah, Josh Richards has given her a screamer to run right up to her best rating, to run a really good time for the level of these horses, which is, as I said, this is the half-price race on the card. Um, Good on him. His numbers, I reckon, Josh Richards, this is the time of year we're looking for. Who's this apprentice who's going to ride us a big bag of winners through the, the winter months in Victoria? He's a candidate without – his numbers have always just been middling. There's been nothing there to say he's, he's not bad, but he's not um, – yeah, it's not Darren Gouchy. But um, if he keeps riding like this, he can graduate from um, just an apprentice to a good Saturday money spinner. Which is what we want. Indeed. The Taylor Penrith Award, we head up the highway. Actually, interesting, both awards away from Brisbane. This one, Tyler Schiller, Rose Hill Race 7, Solar Apex. I think if you backed it, you're certainly well aware, but left it with too much to do. A touch unlucky because it did get smashed coming out of the gate, so it began awkwardly. So I don't think anyone expected to be as far back as it was, but it was clearly the the one on the day in Sydney. Yeah, and I mean Skyman in the same race. That race is the fast. Mm. If you weren't, I mean the leader's gone way too slow and won. If you weren't the leader, which was Rachel King, correct? Yeah. If you weren't Rachel King, oh boy, you've embarrassed yourself. That's a that's a bad race. For pace. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's had to, the pure mathematics of it have had to override my desire to give it to um, Hugh Bowman on the two year old in Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Desperately was, wanted to give him that. Oh, that um, hurt. Oh, God, straight that hurt. math says I, I can't do that. Wouldn't mind giving it to Nash on ingratiating either. Oh, that was even worse. I mean, both of them were by design. And speaking of by design, just bad tactics, but by design, Skyman here was, I mean... He's flying. So easy to predict what's going to happen, though. Yeah. And they've, di- they've just fallen for the trap and they've gone too slow and then blah, blah, blah. Um, but, yeah, he's Skyman is just desperate to be allowed to win a race. Give him a shot. Go, just stop conceding. Because <laughs> um, he can run a lot faster than this early. Mm. Because when he gets into a fast race, they'll, you know, because they're obsessed with position over pace instead of tipping the scales the other way, um, 
he's just always going to get dragged back from wide draws. But if he draws well somewhere, um, I hope by the time he does draw well, and hopefully when he does draw well, there's a, a race that's nicely run for him. He's he's ready to blow one away, Skyman. He actually found that race. I don't know if you remember. He found that race on Cup Day. Drew low. There's good pace engaged, and yep, bang, put him into the coffin, and he just needs a split. And never came. He got out too late and missed. <laughs> you go. Oh, well, there's another six months of him being baked until we get another look at that. <laughs> but it'll come eventually, and they'll um. Oh, well, maybe they'll yeah. put Jay Ford on because remember he did on no compromise. He actually began well and put him in the race. And yeah. All of a sudden, the sectional horse was in a position to win, and he won. Get ready. It's time for Around the Grounds, your favourite segment. I think people think you do that live. <laughs> well, he's consistent with that. <laughs> uh, so the best time in Brisbane was actually baller. I, suppose, I say actually like that's a surprise. It was probably a, you know, there was some thin races and some two-year-old races and an Oaks. I mean, none of those sort of scream Fast, fast time. Stroll won in, in what was a fast time. And even the political debate race, the, the time is fine. Um, I think that's good form. So I think both the two-year-old races are fine. Tick, good form. But Baller is time of the day. But that's not, um, I suppose, I, I don't know. I haven't caught up with the news. But I should get to the racing and sports transcription service for the, the Queensland racing, shouldn't I? Is Baller in the conversation to back up for the Stradbroke? This was always the race that was, um, it was the hoodoo race. Mm. They couldn't back up off it and win. And I don't think Baller's – someone did. I can't remember Sincero? Yeah, but he didn't well, – did he lose this and then back up? I think Nathan actually said something about this the other day and I was probably staring off into space. Oh, yeah, you don't want to win this. No, you don't want to win it. No, oh, no. superstars win it and they can't back up and win the Stradbroke. But Baller is neither a superstar or likely to run. Would that be fair? Late entry fee for him. Are they going to pay it? Well, that's what they've got to decide. I don't think they should. Even though this was the time of the day. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot we're here to praise him. No, he got. But he ran. He won this race last year. Mm. He's won it again, doing exactly the same thing. No better than that. He's been a. He has been one horse of many that have um have done similar things for Tony Golan. He's good at getting horses just like Baller, and getting the best out of them. Because I think if you if you projected his ratings even with just SPs and even some of the the form that he showed as a young horse, he was um he was a hundred and twelve, hundred and thirteen horse, but inconsistent and unreliable and in the wrong races and blah blah blah. But then. He's much more consistently that horse, and he's won this race two years in a row. But, yeah, he's, he's just no better than this. Uh, Sydney, well, we'll get Melbourne and Sydney. We'll give it to the – it is the two-year-old. So Melbourne, Gennady, you were taken by this. Gennady, deep impact. She won the same race that Argentia won last year, which was um, – this is a deep impact sister to Prada Dubai. Last year it was a Frankel out of Princess Cope. It's one of the hottest breeding races on mm. that. This is right up there with the Reginald Allen. One of the great breeders' races <laughs> on the calendar. The 1,100-metre filly sprint in June at Flemington. Get around it. Yeah. But it's nice. With like Frankel, deep impact, there's substance. Mm. 1,100 will be merely a kickoff point for her, and she's already, I think she ran 103. Believe your eyes. Mm. My eyes said that she was very small. <laughs> I'm saying to, I've never seen Damien Oliver look that big. He's been bulking up. Either he's bulking up or she's only very little. Mm. Um, but maybe the fact that she's been held back to... Yeah. This time of the year, which is, as you know, part of my theory that there's got to be a, there's got to be a lot of good two year olds that have been held back. But the weekend was promising on that front. As I said the the Phoenix in Brisbane political debate and sharp and smart were both, yep, good stroll fast, without thinking it's bound for greatness. But 
at least we're seeing some fast two-year-old races. And then Gennady and then the best figure, it's actually a tie, but Niffler is, um, doesn't strike me as a horse we desperately want to follow, is it? Mm. Mm, let's give it to Osipenko, 96, and looks better than that. Yeah, it was the what the hell was that when it won. Because mm. it, it didn't just win, it just picked him up and picked its way through the field. And for a two-year-old, always like to see that. And Chris Waller continues his run of two-year-old winners at big prices. We touched on the preview last week. He's had approximately half the amount of starters he had the previous season, but nice debut winner, beating the second horse, the stable mate, who was a surprise winner first up of 14 to 1. So, there you go. Mm. So I, sh- I, I wouldn't know, but I assume just quiet trials. And I suppose Piero out of a, out of a Henry mare, mm. probably one for a mile. Yep. So this was a, a kickoff point. So I think we could say that for both the two-year-old winners, Melbourne and Sydney, that they've not only run the best figures of the day, but they're probably just starting. This is the bottom of their range, not the top. So that's yeah, they're, good. They're not squibs. Yeah. Whereas I suppose what we're saying, Ballage on the figure of the day and he'll only go backwards. Mm. These two were um, figures of the day and will only go forwards. So free racing and sports black book. Get them in there. Send them in. Uh, the carnival has well and truly come to a close in Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> Found it hard to find a fast one. Agrimony, the 90-rated Agrimony, zero for six, off the plane to Chris Waller, couldn't get him to go, Will Clark and bang. Wins in Adelaide, probably didn't have to do a lot more than he'd been doing, to be honest, but a nice start over there. And so he's rated 90, that was good enough to get him the figure of the day and other one son is our star. On the, not quite, last week the, the Western Warrior was the best across the land, not quite mm. this week, but another good one, over 100, 101. The mm. figure for other one, son? Nice three-year-old. Interesting. You do your replays and you'll give this win a bit more mustard as well. I won't. I know. <laughs> but for those that do watch replays or watch races, a uh, bit, of, bit of extra mustard there. Interesting. It was a race before the three-year-old feature, one by Devoted. So pretty much like for like. He ran about four and a half lengths quicker than Devoted and he was a length slower home. So three and a half lengths, I guess, if you want a plus and minus, which Adam hates, but we've got him rated now, devoted 103, another one's on 101. Interesting now, he'll go to the feature and bring different form into that, and I'm intrigued to see which way the market, I imagine devoted will be favourite, but the gap between the two will be very interesting. Yeah, well, the market likes fast times. Fast times are, um, I mean, for a reason, mm. but it likes fast times and, and it likes nice obvious fast times as opposed to the less obvious fast times. Speaking of less obvious, the Bruce McAvaney Award winner this week. That is just so exciting. Actually won at Northam on Thursday, 26th of May. So we've gone a few weeks back, but I didn't get a chance to throw him in. These are the ones I really like because he only won narrowly. So visually it didn't look that impressive, but this horse, Ollie's Choice, its markup was huge. 32.75 last 600, 10.98 his last 200. I make, Taylor Pendrith nominee right there. Mm, for winning. I make it about four lengths markup. Any other week, you touched on the hyphenator, does win the Taylor Pendrith Award. It goes around at Belmont on Wednesday in race seven, jumps up to 1,200, drawn the inside, so probably lands in the coffin. 1,000 or 12, always a little niggle, but the way he finished off over the 1,000 metres, mentioned his late splits, he looks very, very above average, certainly for a class one at Belmont on Wednesday. So... Keep an eye out. The markets for that should come up 
about midday tomorrow. I believe in podcast talk, that is, the markets will drop. <laughs> <laughs> so keep an eye on that. Race 7, Ollie's Choice. He was in the market on debut, but he wasn't like favourite. He was 460. So I reckon that win might be glossed over a touch, but he was very, very fast. So keep an eye on him. And we will be back on Friday with the X Factor. This is the one we've been building up for. Stradbroke season comes to its crescendo. Unless you're um, one of those people who bases the whole winter carnival around the eyeliner. Like myself. (laughs) (laughs) The Stradbroke looks an absolute corker. And we'll look forward to dissecting that later in the week.